new on Curiosity Street. Louis B. Mayer, Jack Warner, William Fox. Hollywood was the city of dreams, but the beginnings were a nightmare. You will never work in this town again! It's Titans, the rise of Hollywood. And Merapi, one of the world's most active volcanoes. Can we better predict its next deadly eruption? A new expedition hunts for life-saving answers on exploring the volcano. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. Welcome to the New Heights Show on Education. I'm Pamela Clark, founder and director of the New Heights Educational Group. And I'm here with David Smith, the founder of Silicon Valley High School, who has helped us get these podcasts produced and delivered to you. Yes, Pamela, when we saw the great things that you and your army of volunteers were achieving at New Heights, we wanted to get involved. We're happy to work with you to leverage the internet and make quality education accessible and affordable to everyone, everywhere. Thank you, David. We appreciate Silicon Valley High School helping us to get these podcasts out to the hundreds of thousands of listeners from all over the world. So I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, welcome to the New Heights Show on Education. This is Pamela Clark. I'm the founder and director of the New Heights Educational Group and director of this show. Today I'm with Margaret Spangler. Margaret is actually one of the originals to the organization and is a co-founder of the organization. Well, see, our, our son is a Lance Corporal in the Marine Corps and our roller coaster of a ride began in the middle of August because he called us out of the blue and said, hey, I'm being deployed in the, probably in the next day or so. And we're being sent to Haiti because this was shortly after that massive earthquake. And we're like, okay, well, thank God it's not Afghanistan because around that same time frame was when they had just did that um, <laughs> foobar of a mission. I'm not even calling it a withdrawal. They slunk away in the middle of the night. And, and not our, it's the higher ranks. It's the secretary of defense, Lloyd Austin. It's the DOD, the, it's, it's uh, general Mark Milley, Blinken. I mean, it's, these guys should not still be holding their jobs. And so then our son said, Hey, uh, we're on standby. We don't know where we're being sent because they're telling us they're waiting for orders on where to send us. Okay. So you might be going to Afghanistan. He goes, I, I don't know. Cause this was when all the poo was hitting the fan over there after the withdrawal. And then two days later, the FDA supposedly passes um, the COVID vaccine approves that same day, the DOD issues a, um, branch-wide memo to all the branches. Um, Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin makes it effective immediately, uh, vaccine mandate for all military personnel. So my son's squad was, we personally believe, was going to go to Haiti, but almost every individual within his squad had refused the vaccine up to this point. Upper chain of command knew this, so they had them on a forced standby 
because they knew what was coming down the pike? And how would they know that? My my brain immediately went like, how would they know this? Unless they're all in cahoots and work together. And basically, that's what happened. They had sent a squad from the same base that my son's at to Haiti two days before his squad was supposed to leave. Every single individual in that squad had voluntarily received the vaccine. Almost every single individual in my son's squad had not. So then, well, let's fast forward week, week and a half. He's in charge of taking his squad out to the field, to a range, to do some drills. He gets a phone call from his squad leader to round everybody up, which he does. He's told to pass the phone around. That is how they were initially asked. Then, though, and they, and they all pretty much said no. The phone goes back to my son. Squad leader asks my son again. He goes, no. He goes, are you sure about this? And my son's like, no, I don't want it. A few minutes later, he gets a phone call back from a squad leader. Squad leader again asks him and asks him again, are you sure about this? And again, my son said no. A little while later, his phone rings again, and it is his um, sergeant. And his sergeant asks him the same question. And the sergeant says, you, um, last chance, you need to think about this. Do you want, are you sure that you do not want this vaccine? And my son goes, well, can I have, um, okay, can I have some time to think about it? And the sergeant goes, no, I need an answer now. And my son, he's like, well, if that's the case, then the answer is still no. And the sergeant said, well, then, if that's the case, within the next 24 to 48 hours, your paperwork will be processed. And within the next one to two weeks, or, yeah, 24 to 48 hours, paperwork will be started to be processed. Within the next two to four weeks, you will be processed out. And that was a scare tactic. None of that ever happened. Um, what did he do next? Um, we were in constant communication at that point. He was updating us. He I'll asked us. Quick, well, huh? I'll take a quick break. Take okay. A commercial break. Be right back. Margaret Spangler. So, go ahead and pick up where you left off. 
Okay. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so my son, he ended up going and talking to a JAG officer trying to get an idea of what his rights were um, and what grounds that he had. Um, he was informed that, yes, you could do the religious exemption. A lot of individuals were doing that, have done that. But um, one of the things that he threw, he heard through, you know, like scuttlebutt through the grapevine was that, and, and even from this JAG officer, was that the military especially with the Marine Corps, the military, the Marines were looking at religious exemptions, but to a point they were passing just enough to say that they had followed the law that they had passed and allowed some, but the vast majority of those that applied for religious exemption wasn't going to happen. And because, and their argument was, well, you joined the military, you took all these vaccines when you went and processed through boot camp. What's the difference between them and this? There is none. So that's their argument. And and then they're they're you know um, stating another argument is, well, you joined the military to save lives, so you should have no problem at all whatsoever taking this shot, this vaccine. It's going to help protect you and your friends. And, um, and by you not agreeing to take this, you actually are defying a direct order because you are hindering military readiness. Because of you not being able to take this shot and you're refusing to take this shot, we aren't going to allow you to travel anywhere for any kind of training. We're not going to allow you to deploy anywhere because you're not, you're refusing to take this vaccine. So that's going to hinder military readiness. And that is punishable. So let me ask you, um, in your opinion, or even more importantly, in your son's opinion, is there a difference in his mind? And I know I he taught. I know you're close, so that's why I'm asking. But is it is there a difference in his mind between this so-called vaccine and the shots that he took when he entered the Marine Corps? Is there a difference? And what is it? Yes, yes. And he he called me one time um, when all of this was hitting the fan. And he, late one night, and he, you could tell he was wrestling with it. And he goes, Mom, am I doing the right thing? And I told him, I said, your father and I told you, this is your life. You're an adult. Whatever you decision you make, we will back you. Whatever that decision is. And he goes, okay, if you were in my shoes, what would you do? You know, am I doing the right thing? And I'm like, okay, here are some questions. If you decide to follow through with this and you don't take the vaccine, are you going to lose all your benefits? Meaning your VA benefits, access to your GI bill. And he goes, as of right now, they're talking about other than honorable discharges 
and um, even a general discharge. And if we are processed out under those, we will lose all of our benefits, even the GI Bill. I'm like, okay, so you won't have anything. He goes, yes. And I said, that's a lot. And I said, I, so we talked about that. And then I asked him, all right, so you pretty much have answered your own question. So you're going to stick to your guns. You're going to stick to this, but why? And he goes, well, because it's illegal. It's morally and ethically wrong. And I'm like, okay, why is it morally and ethically wrong? So we had that conversation. And I said, so we, we were coming up with a strategy plan. I said, because you are, you know, you are going to be asked. You know, you're going to be sat down and you have to have logic. You have to have a solid argument. So what is that going to be? So he ended up getting back with me and he goes, I've narrowed it down to three talking points. And he actually presented this to his lieutenant. They had a new lieutenant that had been assigned to their squad like two, two and a half months before all this poo hit the fan. And his lieutenant ended up reaching out to him because he knew Kyler, my son, is very, um, let me phrase this. He has some position of leadership. He does his job well. He knows what he's doing. He's respectful. He's courteous. And he gets the job done. And he's well-liked. And within his squad, it's basically in within the unit that he's in, he's one of the top few that stand, is still continuing to stand and prevent a solid argument. So this lieutenant reached out to him to sit down, called him in his office to sit down and talk to him. The reason he was given, my son was given, was because this lieutenant's new. He wants to get to know his men. He wouldn't be a good officer if he didn't take the time to understand his men and try and work with them. And I kind of chuckled and I said that, or he's trying to understand you to figure you out to get to you. Right. It's a two, it's a double-edged sword. I can see where he's coming from, but, and he goes, correct. And so what did you do? And he says, so, you know, we chit chat, small talked, and I stuck to my three arguments. One was that this really is not a vaccine. It cannot be labeled and thus called a vaccine because it has not followed the stringent protocol that has already been established by the CDC themselves for what a vaccine needs to go through in order to be called a vaccine. And it hasn't had the testing. Hello, listeners. If you're enjoying the New Heights show on education and want to support or donate to our organization, please visit www.newheightseducation.org and while you're there check out our online store at new-heights-educational-group.myshopify.com
And then yeah. what was the second argument? Go ahead. Isn't there some? I mean, again, me and you have studied this so much, this whole thing. But yeah. um, I also heard, and I can't remember where, I've studied it so much, that um, they, they've had this virus, or not virus, they've had the Pfizer shot for the longest, correct? And mm-hmm. then they said they um, passed the Moderna one, the FDA passed the Moderna one, but the Moderna one is actually still not even being produced. So they're telling people that maybe they're getting the Moderna shot. Sometimes they might tell people that, but the Moderna shot isn't even ready. So they're really still using the Pfizer shot, which isn't tested. Well, neither one's really tested like they say, but correct. Have you heard that before? I mean, have you heard the differences between the two, because some people will argue that, well, now it's yeah. okay. Now, you know, I was waiting for it to be okay. Now it's okay. What do you say to that kind of thinking? It took, well, let's take the polio vaccine. It took, what, 20 years, 20-some years for them to actually get a polio vaccine because they they had to take the time to find one that was safely effective, that was scientifically effective, and tested. They have not done that. In regards to this, mm-hmm. um, then, and, and I, and me personally, I also be, really firmly believe that is why they are changing the very definition of what the word vaccine means. Okay, a zebra mm-hmm. is still a zebra if they have black stripes and white stripes. Versus a zebra that has white stripes and black stripes. A zebra is still a zebra. So it doesn't matter if you change the wording, if you change things around, if you take out the white stripes and, oh, now you have a black horse. Oh, it's something completely different. But no, it's still a zebra. No, it's not. It's something completely different. So even though you are rearranging the wording and trying to control the narrative and trying to control the information that's coming out to fit your agenda, to fit your narrative, doesn't change it. So, Well, that's kind of more proof to what we've been saying, too, isn't it? I mean, and what the public school families are dealing with with the critical race there. I mean, it's like the agenda on many different levels, other than just even the shot. Yes. And one of the other arguments that my son gave when he sat down and had this conversation with his lieutenant was he said, um, all right, sir, I, this is, because I can't remember what the second one was, but the third one was, he goes, let's, 
uh, let's look at, I, I want to do a little exercise if it's okay with you, sir. And the officer is like, sure, that's fine. And, and Kyra's like, okay, let's look at the two, you know, cause we all receive vaccinations when we're processed into boot camp and periodically throughout our service. So I would, I wanted to narrow it down and I wanted to keep it to the two top vaccines that the Marine Corps issues, typhoid and my brain just went blank and I can't think of the second one. And the officer was like, okay. And my son's like, all right, so let's bring up the CDC's own official website. And he did that on his phone. And he goes, okay, so let's type on this link. This will actually take us to where we can look up vaccines. He goes, so let's type in typhoid. And he did that. And it brought up right there on his phone, the list of ingredients and everything that you needed to know about the typhoid vaccine. And my son's like, okay, now let's do the other one. And they did the other one. And then he looked at the lieutenant and he goes, okay, so let's apply this same process to the COVID vaccines. There's three of them, sir. Take your pick. Which one do you want to go with? There's J&J, there's Moderna, there's Pfizer. Which one do you want? So the officer picked one and he typed it in. Click, nothing. Nothing yep. came up. Not even a list of ingredients. And Kyler, my son's looking at the screen on his phone, turns and looks at his lieutenant and goes, huh, maybe that was a mistake. Let's try another one. Types in Moderna, let's say. Same thing. He goes, huh, two out of two. Huh. Let's try the third one. So he does the other one. Same thing. And he yep. turns and he looks at his lieutenant and he goes, why is that, sir? You want me to take something that's not even listed on the CDC's own website that they say is safe? I don't think so. Wow. The, and the officer had no answer. He couldn't explain it. Well, because nobody can. No. Not, not even the people behind it, because that would give it away. Yep. Nobody can explain it. <clears throat> if, they, if anybody in power that's doing this explains it, they'd show their entire hand. Yes. Now, let's, um, okay, so for any of you out there who are listening, I, I served in the military. I'm a Navy vet. I love my country. I, my entire family, I have so many branches that go back to before this country was even formed, but when it was still back to Plymouth, I have, have, I have ancestors that have fought in every skirmish, every war, you name it, throughout our entire history. At One Day University, 
we feature hundreds of top-rated professors from Stanford, Harvard, Michigan, Texas, UCLA, and other schools across the world to explore history, music, politics, art, science, and much more. Every Wednesday, our weekly scholar newsletter includes five fascinating short video clips of our most notable professors discussing a brand new topic, plus special reports and topical debates as well. Sign up for free at OneDayU.com. That's O-N-E-D-A-Y-U.com. At One Day University, we feature hundreds of top-rated professors from Stanford, Harvard, Michigan, Texas, UCLA, and other schools across the world to explore history, music, politics, art, science, and much more. Every Wednesday, our weekly scholar newsletter includes five fascinating short video clips of our most notable professors discussing a brand new topic, plus special reports and topical debates as well. Sign up for free at OneDayU.com. That's O-N-E-D-A-Y-U.com. I am descended from knights and soldiers. I mean, it's in my DNA and my blood. And I was brought up and I was raised to be a patriotic American and believe in what our country was founded upon, the godly principles. Right. But... And there's nothing wrong with that. Right. But I do not trust government. Because power corrupts, if you're not careful. Let's take, for those of you who may be listening, who think that I have an axe to grind with our government and our military. No, I have no axe to grind with our military. I love our military. I support our military. It's individuals like Lloyd, Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin, General Milley, President Joe Biden, and those who are behind the scenes pulling the strings that are the puppet masters. And I am not going in a conspiracy theory. I am not bashing the military. This, let's take this logically, okay? Why would, oh, you have to self-distance. Oh, you have to take the vaccine to protect yourselves and your fellow service members. You can't be deployed anywhere because you don't have the vaccine. You can't be, we can't even send you anywhere stateside to receive any further training because you're refusing to take the vaccine. These are all things that were told to my son, okay? Now, what is this now? October, so September, so it would have been like the tail end of September, I think. Yes, it would have been around the tail end of September. We end up getting a phone call from our son, and it had been like maybe a week or so since we had heard from him and it was on a typical weekend night and we're like hey how's it going what's going on and he goes well I just wanted to let you know uh yeah it was a Sunday night and he goes I just wanted to let you know where I'm at and I'm like uh uh, aren't you at your base and he goes no I'm like okay where are you at he goes I'm at Fort Pickett And he started to explain to me what Fort Pickett was. And I'm like, I know what Fort Pickett is. 
I'm like, why are you at Fort Pickett? It is an Army National Guard base down in Virginia. And he goes, because myself, along with uh, many other individuals from our base, were deployed to Fort Pickett with a bunch of other individuals from every military branch because it's a multi-branch exercise. And our job is to prepare and get Fort Pickett ready for Afghan refugees. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And he goes, no. And I said, okay. How is that going to work? And he goes, what do you mean? I said, think about it. How is that supposed to work? Because you were told that you could not be deployed anywhere, even for training purposes, because of your refusal to take the vaccine. But now they've sent you to Fort Pickett? How's that supposed to work? (laughs) And he goes, well, we were told that we would not have any direct contact with those of us that have refused the vaccine because there are those that have been sent that have received it. And I'm like, okay. He goes, but those of us that have refused, we have been told that we were not going to have any direct contact with any of the refugees once they started getting here. Pamela, I start cracking up laughing. I'm like, you are more vaccinated right now as you are than they are. Some of them may even have more diseases than you currently do. We don't know. Why? Because they haven't been vetted. Right. And I said, and I find it very interesting that the rules of engagement how quickly they go flying out the window when it doesn't meet their agenda or when they're in desperate need and short staffed because they're so low on manpower and they're losing more and more people left and right because of their refusal to take the vaccine. I said, this makes no sense. And I asked him, I said, do you? It it does. And if you're trying to, get rid of the United States. Exactly. Um, I mean, and, and then if you take broad picture, look at everything that has happened since the middle of August when Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin, along with Joe Biden, passed this mandate. Look at everything that has occurred. We now have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of Navy SEALs who are suing the military and the government, because they are no longer deployable. It is already affecting military readiness. We have, I read an article yesterday, um, which I posted on Facebook. Um, There's a lieutenant officer in the Air Force. She is a doctor. She's actually written a letter in protest against the mandate stating that the pilots, the Air Force pilots that have taken this vaccine, she said you are going to start seeing an increase in the possibility of them suffering the, what is it, the mitocardial and um, all those, and there's another word for it, the the different heart issues, heart inflammation that you can get from the, the vaccines. 
Um, and because the, the go ahead. one of our peers had COVID and well, he, he never really got started with us because he got COVID of last December and, uh, he had, he was a young man, a, a young, I'm guessing he was about 25, and um, he ended up with permanent heart damage from COVID. Yes. yes. And so when you take individuals who are volunteers, volunteering or being forced to take a vaccine that can cause these heart issues. And a lot of these heart issues are occurring in more men than women and young men in their twenties. That is the main age group for a lot of individuals that are in the military. This podcast is brought to you by Silicon Valley High School, the world's fastest growing video-based self-paced teacher supported, fully accredited online school. That's recommended by more than 96% of students. Take individual courses at just $95 each or earn your high school diploma at any age. Check us out at svhs.co. Yeah. And there are and there are more men than women still in the military. And these Air Force pilots, they put their bodies through such rigorous training and I mean g-forces and the speed at which they travel the rolls the flips the maneuvers that they do it's hard enough on the human body so when and they have to be in such tip-top physical shape let alone mental because of their job and what they do well, now you're jeopardizing that by this vaccine and this Air Force doctor stating you're going to start seeing an increase of Air Force pilots that have received this um, going into cardiac arrest and having heart issues in flight and crashing. And she gives wow. all the science behind it. And... I mean, you're, we're be, our military is being bombarded left and right from every angle, as well as our society, our entire culture, our economy, for a reason and for a purpose. I believe President Joe Biden calls it the Great Reset. And they call it and that for, for a reason. The new one world system. Yes. And this is just me and my mind, my brain. Um, because the military, and, well, actually, two things. I found it very, very interesting at how the military did this with this COVID mandate because they had left it voluntary for the last year or so. And they really weren't pushing it. They were leaving it up to each person individually. They were, had everything lined up. They had everything ready to go. 
to enforce, but they were waiting for the FDA approval. Why is that? Well, gee, let me see, because they were learning from the playbook that they completely messed up in regards to the anthrax vaccine (laughs) from the late 90s and early 2000s. And they actually got sued massively because of the FUBAR debacle that they had created and all of the health issues. So they were trying to play by this new playbook based off of what they had learned based off of their past actions in regards to the anthrax vaccine so they wouldn't have the same issues. And again, um, this isn't a conspiracy theory. This is fact. Also, it's personal. I have a stepbrother who was forced to take the anthrax vaccine. He is now living with an extremely rare neurological autoimmune disease that he had to fight tooth and nail against the army to receive VA benefits. He was able to get 100% disability, but he had to fight. That is so wrong. Yes. Also, one of the things that my son and I have discussed, and this should make anyone think and cringe and be concerned because when, in regards to this COVID mandate, If you look at all of those who are standing their ground and refusing to take this mandate, nine times out of ten, these are individuals that do think for themselves, do think outside of the box, do ask questions why, um, have the capability to logically reason, because they have been taught that skill. And a lot of times they have um, moral convictions that they, moral and ethical convictions that they are not willing to compromise. And they're willing to stand up for them. Mm -hmm. They're being weeded out of the military under the guise of this mandate. And I asked my son if that's what he thought too. And he said, yes. And he said, actually, he and many of the guys that he knows have been having so many of these similar conversations amongst themselves. And I said, and what have you guys come to? What is your conclusion as to why they're doing this? I said, I already know. I want to hear what you think. And he said, because we ask questions, we don't automatically do as we're told. And if they can weed us out, then they have weeded out what they deem as troublemakers. And they won't have to worry about us making more trouble for them the next time 
something comes along that they want to enforce. And it'll be faster, easier, and quicker and more seamless for them to achieve and get done what they want to get done. And I said, and what do you think one of those things might be? He said, honestly, every single one of us thinks that it's going to get to the point where they're going to use this against our own people. Wow. And they want to make sure that those that are still in the military won't have any problem doing that. Crazy. Yes. So, and that's where I was going to. I just wanted to hear it from him. Yeah. Our military shouldn't be treated like this either. No. I mean, no. And see, my son, he is, I mean, you've known him his entire life. He has wanted nothing more. All he has ever wanted was to be a Marine. I knew from the moment he was born that he was going to go into the military. And I knew it was either going to be the Marine Corps or the Navy. And then eventually I'm like, yeah, it's just going to be the Marines. (laughs) That's it. There's nothing else. And then one of the things that he has always wanted to do is he has always had, it's more than a fascination. He has always had such a high regard and respect for those individuals within the military that go above and beyond. I'm talking about those who serve in the uh, different spec op branches. And ever since he joined the Marine Corps, one of the things that he has been working towards and trying towards is to get into MARSOC. That's all he ever wanted. And Earlier this year, he actually started that process. And over the summer, he filled out the application. And he was actually halfway through the medical application because the beginning of August, he, and even like the week before, he called to tell us that he might be deployed to Haiti. He actually called me and was asking me certain questions because he was filling out the medical application for MARSOC. Well, when all of this poo hit the proverbial fan and he made his stance and he refused to take the vaccine, within two weeks, he actually got a phone call from MARSOC and asked him if he was sure that was the stance he wanted to take. And he still refused to be intimidated and to back down. And he stood firm. And he was told that he was no longer going, huh? Go ahead, finish your sentence. Yeah, and and he was told by Marsoc that he was no longer going to be considered. And they were tossing his application. And when he called me to tell me that, he goes, I've had to mourn the loss of a dream. And that took me a while. He goes, Mom, this is not the Marine Corps that I joined, that I signed up for. 
it's changed. Well, I remember when your oldest daughter back in the back in the day when we um well we were doing a lot of things like the um the labs, the different the different courses that we had and stuff locally here. And I remember yes. your oldest daughter to be the president of the United States. And um she could have been too. We I mean we we tried to support that dream and I know she wanted to get into Hillsdale College and, and she didn't get in. But I think that the lesson that she had to learn is the lesson that he had to learn as well. That you may have yes. all these plans, ideas, but it's really God's plan that matters. And yes. and so yeah, I mean we at New Heights, we do everything we can to make sure that whatever dream that the the family or the child and the child have, that they have all the resources that they can get to to meet their potential. But some of our faith-based, you know, families like Maggie or or Margaret's family is, um, they believe in, in being guided by God to their destiny or their destination. And I know you really believe that through and through. So, Right. And that's one of the things that, yeah. And that's one of the things that um, I actually talked to our son about because I told him, I says, well, true. That was a dream that you had. But that doesn't mean that's the end of your life or the end of your path or what God has in store for you. It just is not in that direction, but that doesn't mean it's the end of your life. I said, so, detour. right. And, um, and I said, it doesn't mean that you start completely over. And he goes, oh, okay. I don't know where you're going with this mom. And I was like, well, think about it. You have developed a very unique set of skills. Yeah. That not many people have. So what are you going to do with them? How are you going to utilize them? That doesn't mean they stop once you get out of the military. You can take them and use them with with whoever and wherever you go. And they can benefit you for the rest of your life. So what are you going to do next? So we've had lots of conversations about that. And so we're just uh, waiting. he actually called us last weekend and for the, and here's, here, <laughs> here's the other thing. Even though the Secretary of Defense issued this mandate, it's been mm-hmm. left up to each individual branch and it's been left up to each separate local chain of command on how they want to handle it and deal with it. No, nothing can go wrong in that type of scenario, can it? <laughs> and um, so with the Marine Corps being the smallest branch and short on funds, more so than the other branches, they're trying to find a way that is the most quickest, efficient, and cost-effective way to process out all of these people. 
We will be picking up this interview in part three. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Don't forget to rate us and follow us on your podcast player. Check out our show page, radio.newheightseducation.org, for monthly announcements and other happenings. Imagine your new bathroom, a sparkling new tub, a modern shower conversion, a seamless new wall, all done in as little as a day. Introducing Bathfitter. Join over 2 million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bathfitter, 35 years of better bath remodels.